The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everybody. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. Thanks for listening. If you've listened to this program for any length of time, you know that I am something of a gambler. My favorite place to gamble is Atlantic City, but I've gambled in Vegas. I've gambled in the Catskills. I've even gambled at some of the electronic casinos in Queens and on Long Island. And uh, it's fun. Obviously, I don't think I'm a problem gambler. I don't get into sports gambling. Uh, That's all the rage now or any of that online gambling. I bring to a casino whatever amount of money I'm prepared to lose, and I have a number that if I win, I walk out of that casino. So it may surprise you that I have not exactly been bullish on the idea of more casinos. I think if you look at the history of casino gambling, wherever it's tried, it does lead to an increase in poverty in certain communities. It also leads to an increase in traffic. I am a very proud Staten Islander, and I think our borough president, Vito Fasella, is doing a great job. And I was very interested in this proposal that he came out with yesterday. Essentially, the borough president said he wants the New York State Gaming Commission and interested developers to roll the dice and consider building a casino on Staten Island. Here's a little bit of Vito Fasella last night on the Cats at Night show. As many of us know, the state is considering issuing casino gambling licenses, of which three years proposed to go downstate. And what we have argued, uh, actually said today, was given our uh, beautiful waterfront overlooking the Bachelor of Liberty, New York Harbor. You know, we have some of the best vistas. And you know, John, the ballpark uh, has some of those beautiful views in the world. We're suggesting that they consider building, putting a casino right there on the waterfront uh, with the views, uh, perhaps a hotel. The Staten Island Ferry brings about one and a half million tourists a year already. So just think of the, the potential there. So we'd love for them to explore it and let the chips fall where they may. I love Vito, but I have to say as a Staten Islander, while I would like to attract more tourists and get them to spend some of their tourism dollars on the island, I'm not sure if the casino is the right move. Uh, I've said before that if we're going to have three New York City area casinos, I think a place like Coney Island with its boardwalk and its rich cultural heritage has the opportunity to be maybe a New York version of Atlantic City. But who knows? I know they were counting on a lot of uh, tourism from the wheel, which is not going to happen. Maybe a casino is the answer. I'm open-minded to it, but I do have to say I am pretty skeptical. I think Coney Island, if we're looking at locations within the five boroughs, that would probably be my first choice. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morning, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. I appreciate you listening to this program on 77 WABC. I've said repeatedly that I am planning to vote for Lee Zeldin for governor of New York State. I don't know what it is about Lee Zeldin's campaign, the people running it, and his supporters, but I don't think they realize how blue of a state New York is right now, and that if Lee Zeldin has any hope of winning, he has got to to appeal to Democrats and independents. And he's done some great things uh, in order to try to do that. I was driving on the BQE on Saturday and I saw the great sign advertising the fact that uh, Kathy Hochul is 
really trying to get motorists to $23 fee to drive into Manhattan. That's the kind of thing that unites Democrats and Republicans in the outer boroughs is the congestion pricing fee. I think that's a great issue. What I think is a losing issue for Zeldin is him repeatedly saying he's going to make the state less Democratic. And I mean Democratic with a small d. He's actually said he's going to fire Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DA, on day one. Now, he can't do that, but he can begin the process on day one. I think that is very, very tricky and a dangerous precedent to remove a democratically elected DA. Over the weekend, he said he's open to using an executive order to reform the state's bail laws. Now, think about that. He's saying he's going to wave his magic wand, wave his pen, and essentially undo the act of a legislature. Now, that's what dictators do. That's what Vladimir Putin does. That's not what we're supposed to have in democracies. And Bill O'Reilly, who you could hear on WABC every night at 9 p.m., best-selling author, a very bright guy, a Long Islander, a New Yorker, he was on the Cats at Night show, and he said this. If Dozen wins, say goodbye to Alvin Bragg, and probably the DAs and the Bronx. And Queen. You can kiss them goodbye, all right? Because he'll fire them, and he can't under the Constitution. He also wait, 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 go slow on Queens. That's Curtis's ex-wife. Well, I'm sorry about that. Maybe his payments will go down. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're not only talking about one elected official being removed. We're now talking about disregarding the votes of literally millions of New Yorkers and removing all sorts of DAs within the five boroughs because you don't like the way they prosecute crime. I have to tell you, especially given Lee Zeldin's vote on January 6th, that is not a winning strategy. That is not a method to get Democrats and independents to vote for you. Congestion pricing is a great issue, but Zeldin should be running on improving democracy. He should be running on making sure that pro-choice voters in New York know that if he's elected, a woman's right to choose will still be preserved. This is not a winning strategy, and he ought to figure out something else in the waning weeks of this campaign. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. If there's one thing that I always try to do with my commentary on local issues, it's to be a straight shooter. When I think the mayor's doing a great job, I say so. When I think he's doing a not-so-great job, I say so. I really have to give credit to one of the mayor's recent hires. I don't know if he made the decision or if the commissioner at the Department of Buildings, Eric Ulrich, made the decision. But this is the exactly the kind of independent leadership that I think we need more of. Joe Esposito, a longtime city official, the former commissioner of the Office of Emergency Management, who was scapegoated by the de Blasio administration and blamed wrongly for mishandling a snowstorm. A lot of you may remember him for when he was the uh, chief of department for the NYPD. He's a gifted public servant. Well, he has been rehired. He is coming back to city government. And he has been named the Deputy Commissioner for Enforcement for the Department of Buildings. The tweet from uh, DOB said Joe brings decades of New York City civic leadership experience to the department and will work to keep the city's building environment safe and code compliant. I think that is absolutely right on the money. And this was a brilliant hire. Not only does this give the opportunity to Commissioner Esposito, who's given his entire life to the public service of the city of New York, 
not only does it give him an opportunity to rewrite his legacy because it would be such a shame to have him end his tenure in city government the way in which it did under the de Blasio administration, but I think the chances are Joe Esposito is probably the most qualified person for this job. He is a cop's cop. He's a dedicated guy. And I I think uh, if you were to ask Rudy Giuliani, Mike Bloomberg, Bill de Blasio and Eric Adams, all of whom have now hired Joe Esposito, uh, I think if you were to ask them privately what they think of Joe Esposito as a man, as a person, as a cop, as a public servant, they would all tell you soon enough. So I'm glad he's coming back. I think he's actually back. I'm glad he's back. And I think this was a great move by the Adams administration and by the commissioner of the Department of Buildings, Eric Ulrich. And uh, we're lucky to have him back in city government. We wish we had more public servants like Commissioner Joe Esposito. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Only one more hour to go. Don't even think of touching that radio dial. I am a great student of electoral politics. I've also been something of an activist in the world of electoral politics from time to time. And as an observer and an activist, one of the things that I really enjoy for the people of every community, but especially in our area, is competitive elections. And it was really nice to see last year in New Jersey that they actually had a genuine, honest-to-God, competitive election for governor. And it looks like there's a very good chance that we'll see the same thing in the state of New Jersey in 2025 in the governor's race, probably both in the Democratic primary and in the general election. And the reason I'm a fan of competitive elections is because when elections are competitive, the voters win. So I want to see the best Democratic candidates possible, the best Republican candidates possible, and the best third-party candidates possible, all out there making the case for their candidate to the voters, offering solutions, offering their plans, out there meeting the voters, doing outreach. If there are no competitive elections, then the biggest loser is the public. But there is another big race coming up that, unfortunately, due to the nature of politics these days, that people are going to have to start worrying about sooner rather than later. And that is the race for U.S. Senate in New Jersey in 2024. Bob Menendez is going to be running for re-election. And his son is now a member of the New Jersey congressional delegation. And Bob Menendez has been something of a boss in North Jersey Democratic politics for a long time. But I was talking to some people and they brought up with me something that I think is a fascinating idea regarding the 2024 race for U.S. Senate. And that was the idea of Assemblyman Robert Auth running for U.S. Senate against Bob Menendez in 2024. Now, in the interest of full disclosure, Robert Auth is a friend of mine, has been for a long time, and I make no bones about that. That being said, I've had the opportunity to see Robert Auth firsthand, see how he interacts with his constituents, see how he services his district, to see what a master of public policy on issues affecting the north of the state, the south of the state, and national issues he would be. And I think he would be a phenomenal candidate. So let me 
be the first to publicly urge Robert Off, of the Republican Assemblyman representing, I believe, Old Japan, to throw his hat into the ring for U.S. Senate in 2024. That would be a terrific race. Bottom line is, we need competitive elections. And a race between Robert Off and Bob Menendez would give the voters of New Jersey the race they deserve. And I hope a lot of folks, Democrat, Republican, and Independent, will join me in urging Robert Off to take the plunge for U.S. Senate. Beam me up! To be continued. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 